So let's pray and just ask God for his guidance as we turn to the scripture. Lord, I thank you that you saved us because you love us. Lord, I thank you that you have spoken to us and that uh, what you've said is relevant to what we're experiencing today. God, I ask that you would help us as we turn to the scripture to be aware of your voice, Lord, to let it inform our day. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... Uh, these are unusual times, of course, and it might be um, a little bit strange to uh, reach out to each other in new and different ways, but relationship is so important. It's so helpful, and so I would encourage you, hey, reach out to someone else. Uh, and before I forget, today, April 19th, is the birthday of Femi Oganika, so reach out to him and say hi to him. And coming up on the 24th is Jen, uh, Jen's birthday as well, so reach out to her. Um, this past on um, April 14th, I sent you an email with some encouragement and online resources. It had several links in it, so it might have gone into your junk folder. Make sure that you do uh, look for that. But I want to turn to the scripture today, and usually I start with uh, the scripture and the topic, and I'm not going to do that at, right off the uh, at the beginning. What I want to do is actually kind of set the scene, uh, give us some context for this scripture, what's going on in this scripture to help make it relevant to the situation that we're in today. Obviously, uh, we are in, in unusual times. And in the last couple of weeks, we have been uh, very focused on Jesus, on who Jesus is. And that really sets the scene for this. Uh, we've also, in the previous, we've looked at, at who God is, and in particular, just four aspects of who God is as creator, as provider, as protector, and redeemer. And those things are relevant here. So at the time of the scripture that we're going to read, what had just recently happened was Jesus was born with a miracle birth, fulfilling prophecies. People noticed they paid attention to that. He lived, and in the course of his life, he began to reveal that he was the Messiah, the one Son of God sent to bring salvation, and he predicted that he would be put to death, but that he would come back to life, and that it would be a proof of his identity as the Messiah, as the Savior that they had been looking for. And so the place was... A buzz. People were talking about this, and word was spreading throughout the region in different areas uh, where people were hearing about what had happened. This Jesus who had predicted that he would be put to death and that he would come back to life. But not only that, but because what he had said was that there would be forgiveness of sins through him, a new way, a, a, a new way for them. And, and, and this was was like a like an earthquake had sent out tremors and, and people were talking about it and thinking about it and now we're going to turn our attention to the region um, and the city that went by the same name and they're called Philippi and Philippi is an interesting place because well for a number of reasons but there had been native people there with their own culture, their own spirituality, and then people that had escaped slavery had also migrated there, and they had their own culture, their own spirituality, and then the Greeks had come through, 
and conquered the area. And so there had been war that had gone on. And, and, a, and in fact, Philippi was named that after Philip II, who was from Macedon, who was the father of Alexander the Great. And he wanted to have control of this area. He wanted to put his name on the area in part because there were silver and gold mines nearby, nearby to Philippi. And um, some time goes by and, and then the Romans come through and the Romans conquer them. Now they don't get rid of the Greek language and culture. Uh, they don't try to even stamp out all of the gods, but the Romans uh, provide roads and the idea of citizenship and protection and safe travel. And uh, the Romans also bring their own uh, gods and their own culture. And so at the time of this writing, there are actually about 35 gods, 35 different gods that are worshipped in Philippi. And in fact, this is also uh, the place of a really famous battle in uh, Roman history uh, where Mark Antony and Octavian defeated Brutus and Cassius, who were the assassins of Julius Caesar. And after that, and that Roman, uh, when the Roman Empire kind of settled down for a while, what happened was a number of the veterans of this, these wars settled in the region of Philippi. And so whether it was a, a veteran of war or whether it was a villager, whether it was a native person or a former slave, this area, this town had a lot of folks that had seen some stuff. They had gone through some trauma. They had had to rebuild homes and rebuild businesses. And they had gone through some difficulty. And, and we actually read in Acts chapter 16, where Paul and his ministry team bring the story of Jesus, bring the good news of salvation that's available to Philippi. And a number of important things happen. Lydia is brought to faith, uh, a woman of, of commerce and, and influence, uh, but also Paul uh, is being followed around by a slave girl who was a fortune teller who was under demonic control. And she's following them around and making public declarations about the fact that salvation would be available through the message that they were speaking. Uh, Paul turns around, and we read the story in Acts 16, and he delivers her from the demonic control. This was amazing for her and her personal freedom, but what it also meant is that the people who were making money off of her, they were very upset. They started a riot. They got Paul and Silas beaten and thrown into jail. And that's where we see an amazing story. We see an amazing story of Paul and Silas beaten and in jail. And late at night, they start to sing. They start to choose joy. They start to sing to God their gratitude. And it, it was a, an amazing moment. And what God did was God brought an earthquake that busted open the doors of the jail. The jailer was suddenly uh, freaked out and thought that he was going to uh, be punished for all these prisoners having left. And he goes to kill himself. And Paul and Silas say, hey, don't, don't harm yourself. We're still here. And they explain to him who Jesus is and the good news of Jesus and he was brought to faith, he and his whole household. And that's a part of the origin story of the believers that are in Philippi. And here's a picture of a hotel at Philippi and the view from the hotel in that city as it is today in Greece. And so we see this letter that now Paul writes to those believers later. And Paul has been imprisoned. 
And what we might not be aware is that the Romans and the other authorities of the time, they didn't provide food for people who were in prison. And so one of the things that what that happens is people from Philippi, they hear that Paul's been locked up again for talking about Jesus, and they send financial support so that he, he can have something to eat. And here in this letter, we, we call Philippians, in this letter, we see that Paul is thanking them for the financial support that they've sent to help him. But also he's writing to them about some of the things that matter most. And and maybe you have had time to pause, or maybe this morning is when you're taking time to pause. Okay, we've been in this current situation of quarantine over a month now, and I think any day is a good day to give yourself some quiet time and some quiet time to think about what are the things that are most important and some quiet time to think about what am I thankful for? And Paul even writes a letter, but this is, and we, it's possible that he actually wrote this letter before Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, before the eyewitness accounts of Jesus were written. And early first century Christians looked to this letter as being inspired by God and relevant to their lives no matter where they lived. They spread it around, copies of it, and they taught it as inspired by God. And we see some amazing things that are in this letter, which include uh, the concept of us being citizens of heaven. It also, in Philippians 2, includes a beautiful poem, one of the early writings that first and second uh, century Christians would have memorized this poem about who Jesus is and the attributes of Jesus and what Jesus is like and how it affects us and informs us today. But I want to turn our attention, and normally we look at a lot of scriptures. Today I want to focus on one. That is in Philippians 4.13, and maybe you are familiar with it, where he writes, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that might You might cringe a little bit about that today because of what you're going through right now with the uncertainty that we're facing. But be patient with me. Let's look at this. Let's talk about it a little bit. Because what I believe is that out of this, we can draw spiritual strength that maybe we're not feeling today. We can draw spiritual strength from our relationship with God and be changed and be stronger and be at peace and be able to say, no matter what. No matter what, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So I want to take a look at this a little bit. But I wanted to set this theme so that we have some context of who is writing and who they're writing to. The people that had suffered trauma, people that had gone through great difficulties, but people who had also seen that Jesus had changed Paul, a person who was had been responsible for putting Jesus' followers to death, had been so changed by his own relationship with Jesus, receiving forgiveness of his wrongs, that he had been changed, been given fresh identity and new purpose, so that when he was beaten up and thrown in prison, His faith was put to the test, and he could now write these words. So, um, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But let's look at the two verses right here, because I think they're relevant. Now we understand that when Paul was locked up, they weren't giving him food. And then the Philippians sent support so that he could have food. And here's what it says, starting in verse 12. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. 
I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I think this is important to understand the context, to understand what's being said and how they would have interpreted it. Because that helps us start to understand what God is saying to us through it today. And and some people have taken this verse to mean, you know, hey, I can win at life. I can I can dominate other people, I can win at business, I can accomplish these amazing things, I can I can win at life because of Jesus. And and I, I don't think that's what this really means. I think when you look at the original language, when you look at the context, what is being said here is because of Jesus, I have the ability to do anything, to live at peace no matter what the situation. Because of Jesus, I can live at peace no matter what the situation. I know it's possible to say that you might be just now waking up to how serious the situation we're in with the virus worldwide. And you might be feeling a little bit insecure or weak or discouraged or uh, maybe even a little bit like Job when God brings a protective hedge down on asking very serious questions. And so even this verse might not sit right with you, but I want us to consider it. I'm so thankful we as a church have been going through the, the Freedom Book, and one of the things that we have been talking about lately is the power of words, the way that words that have been spoken about us or over us have an effect on us, but also we're trying to shift from an unhealthy focus on ourselves to a healthy focus on God and, and learning how to think in new ways as a result. And so what that brings us to is a focus on the power of God's words for us. In this past week, we've been talking about meditating on the word, what that means and how that looks. And we're going to come back to that in a moment. And But I want to come back to the context of this passage and talk about what it means to us And how can we do it? What are we really talking about here? How is it possible for us to draw strength from a relationship with Jesus so that we can live in peace no matter what? This is a really important question. Uh, I'm so very thankful that for us um, as a church family and our network of churches, we are known as people of faith. And people of wisdom. And I think these these verses are a very important, a critical, uh, a turning point in Scripture. Because this was this notes where the, 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 the news of Jesus Christ spread from what we would call the Holy Land into Europe. This is one of the one of the first churches in, in Europe and, and, and to Gentiles. And this is actually also one of the first churches that wasn't mostly people of Jewish faith at first, but actually had a lot more Gentiles or everybody else first. And and so it's relevant to us culturally, the whole letter. But I want us to just kind of dig down into how can I apply it? How can I make it real? How can I learn? You notice he says I have learned the secret of living in every situation. I believe that our following Jesus, our Christianity, includes learning. And not passive learning. 
Uh, you've heard us say many times, uh, being a Christian, being the church is not just attending an event. It's about your relationship with God. And maybe a part of what you're feeling today has a lot to do with your relationship with God. The health of it, the strength of it. And that could be something that's being tested right now. And, but it is something where learning is possible and learning is helpful. So what I want to do is walk through how we respond to this. Now, first and foremost, what they would have known, what they would have believed that as a essential foundation to this is that I need to believe that Jesus is the Savior and receive him as Savior. That's the starting point. And the people to, that this letter were written to had already crossed that line of faith. I believe that Jesus is the Savior. I receive him as Savior. So that's the starting point. And that includes... A, a turnaround in our life, making a decision that I'm no longer going to have live by an unhealthy focus on myself, but now I'm going to move towards, I'm going to shift to a healthy focus on God first, which is going to bring healing in my life. So believe and receive is the first response to this if we really understand the context of what's going on. Now, the second response that you see on the screen uh, is get to know Jesus. And there you see the reference to Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 18, the poem that I mentioned about Jesus. At, at the beginning of the service, I mentioned what Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, that for where two or three are together... They gather together as my followers. I'm there among them. I love that. That truth that Jesus taught us that even now, God's not limited by geographic distance or the fact that we might be in different places. You might be at home or at work and, and watching this and listening to this. Um, God's not limited by that. He is with us as we gather together as Jesus' followers. It's an important truth. It's a helpful truth. But getting to know Jesus, thinking about who Jesus is, is an essential part of this that they were already doing. And so I'd encourage you, go back, read Philippians 2, 1 through 18. Now, number three, what this leads to, what has already been written about in this letter, is thinking new. It's like a rewiring of our brain. The more I learn about Jesus, the more it helps me think new thoughts and then act in new ways as it relates to my life, as it relates to who I am in the home, how I think about, pray for, relate to my neighbors, my coworkers, my friends. It has an effect on all of that. And you see that written about the first two chapters. Now, number four. Uh, brings us to a, a passage that might be difficult for us to wrestle with, but I think is so important in these times. And I want to read it to you, Philippians chapter 4, because I believe this is essential to the context of verse 13 that we're focused on. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Starting in verse 4, reading from the New Living today, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice, which means enjoy a state of happiness. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Jesus is coming back. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. 
The constant, uninterrupted relationship with Jesus and wholehearted devotion. Verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. This is an essential part of how. How can I receive strength for my relationship with Jesus? How can I say that I can be at peace in any state of life? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is an essential part of the how. And what that looks like is that I can, because of Jesus, because of salvation, I've been forgiven of my sins, my guilt has been removed, the relationship with God has been made possible. Number four, I can choose happiness. I make a decision. I make a decision to be happy. And then number five, that is essentially linked, we see in these passages, to pray about everything. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said that being a follower of Jesus is no more possible without prayer, is no more possible than being alive without breathing. Prayer is breathing for a believer. If we don't pray, we're not taking in life. We're not in relationship and wholehearted devotion to God. We are struggling. We are immediately struggling if we're not praying. That's why we get the number five way of responding to this, and that is pray about everything. And then number six, thank God. We see in this passage three things that are essentially linked that should be a daily practice for us. Choose happiness, pray about everything, and thank God. Make a gratitude list. What is it that you're thankful for today? Make that gratitude list, and then it will give you the ability to pray about everything that's going on and to thank God for where you are, the fact that you have life, the fact that you have salvation. And it also brings us, number seven, to an ability to focus. That passage talks about choose what you're focusing on. It's a very important aspect of all of this. Choose what you're going to focus on. And then number eight, it brings us to a place, back to verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. No matter what, I can live at peace. No matter what the situation, I have that ability. And what's essential in this verse 13 is that this is what gives me the ability to do that. Jesus gives me the ability to do that. My relationship with Jesus gives me the ability to do that. But it's in the context of verses 4 through 9. When I make those decisions, that's what Paul is saying. That's how he has learned to live in this way. Well, this may be a mouthful. This may sound um, a little bit daunting. Um, and I, I want to close uh, with prayer, but also with just three practical suggestions that will help you in this. Three practical suggestions. And it's around meditating on the Word of God. The Scripture, the Bible, is there for us. God knew what we would go through. 
And he knew that we would need relationship, we would need the guidance, we would need the comfort of our good shepherd. And that's why he's given us the scripture. That's why he has spoken so much to us. And I'm thankful for our small groups this week and the amazing conversation we had around this concept of how do I do this? How do I meditate on the word of God? Sometimes you don't need to read. Sometimes reading chapters and chapters and chapters and chapters to accomplish reading chapters and chapters does not can help you spend time, but not draw life and strength from your relationship with God. Now, the delight in the relationship will motivate you to that discipline. And discipline is certainly required, but sometimes we need to just meditate on one passage. So here we have the one passage, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, Philippians 4.13. How can we grow in the spiritual strength that Paul was talking about there? By meditating on the Word of God. And you see on the screen three suggestions for that. One, and these are straight from the Freedom Book. One, speak God's Word out loud. Read it. Read it out loud. Memorize it. Commit it to memory so that you can speak it out loud. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Say it out loud. Your ears will hear it. It will help you. Second, think about the word day and night. We should be, it's like using your brain and your spirit to chew on, to taste, to chew on, to digest the word of God. Take it in. Think about it. Think about what it means. Identify what questions you have about it. Pursue the answers to those questions. Think about the word of God day and night. Speak it out loud. Think about it day and night. And number three, make meditation practical. You Give yourself set an alarm on your phone for when you're going to do it. Give yourself, try a 60-second window at first. A 60-second window to just meditate on one verse. Start there. Make it practical. And we, thankfully, in the Freedom Book, we have a bunch of suggestions for how to make meditation on the Word of God practical. But if you don't set yourself up a, a, a one step, a next step for today that's easy for you to do, you can get overwhelmed and not do it at all. Listen, I know that right here, right now, we are in times where we don't know the future, but we do know who holds the future. It's normal, it's human to experience stress and anxiety with what's going on. But if I take the words that we've just considered, I'm not going to ignore any stress or anxiety. I'm not going to ignore the problems that are out there that are causing me that stress or anxiety. No, I'm going to be real about them. I'm going to identify them. I'm going to express them. I'm going to talk to God about them. I'm going to bring to God with faith and wisdom my prayer requests, what I might like to see God change. But I'm also going to welcome the word of God into me. God, and this is really a part of the question that I'm asking today with this verse. God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me, God, in the midst of everything that we're experiencing around the world today? What are you saying to me? I love the fact that believers have been thinking this way for centuries, for centuries. We're not even near the amount of disease and death that was seen in 1918 with H1N1 Spanish flu virus. We're not even close to those numbers yet or the effect that it had on the globe. God 
is on the other side of this. You and God have a past. You have a history. God has proven himself to you. God has provided you. God has shown you love in the past. It's time to make sure that you are engaging your spirit, drawing strength from your relationship with God, and meditating on the scripture is essential to this. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I've got to be honest about what I'm thinking and feeling with God. Process it. But that also includes choosing to thank God for all that he already has provided. Choosing joy. Choosing that my mind is going to focus on positive things. All of those things are the context of this passage in Philippians chapter 4. And they are an encouragement to us. I'm so glad that you have joined me for this time in the scripture. And I'd like to spend a little bit of time in prayer, just a few moments this morning. I want to encourage you, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, maybe as a physical sign of what you're doing in your spirit, to think about the burdens that you're carrying and have them in your hands out in front of you as a natural sign of what we're going to do spiritually. See, we believe that we can cast our cares on the Lord because he cares for us. And that means also releasing them. And that doesn't mean walking away from the responsibilities that we have in life, but it does mean I'm saying, God, I believe that you've got this. Will you take this? Will you help me? Will you bring the change that I desire to see? So let's let's do that. And as we do it, maybe at the right moment for you, release those things to God and receive the love of God that he has for you today. Receive the strength that God has for you today. God, we come to you now and we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Lord, at times we feel weak. Lord, at times we feel stressed or anxiety. Or maybe even at times we are self-absorbed and oblivious to the suffering around us. And God, maybe we need to confess sin today. Lord, we, we do. We confess where we've been wrong, where we've missed the mark, where we've not done the right thing or where we've done the wrong thing. And God, we ask that you would forgive us of our sin. Cleanse us from our sin today, God, because of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us today by your Holy Spirit to hear your guidance, believing you're the good shepherd and that you're going to guide us and that your, your guidance will also bring us into a place of protection, a place of safety. But God, help us to choose faith today, that we would choose to believe that you are who you said that you are. So God, we t today we come and we thank you for your goodness, your faithful love that lasts forever. God, we thank you for all that you have provided for us. We bring our cares to you, our prayer requests to you. Lord God, we ask that you would do miracles of healing. God, we remember Pastor Dan's daughter, Tabitha, who has leukemia. We ask you to do a miracle of healing in her body. Lord, we remember our fellow church members, many of whom need healing miracles. We ask that you would do healing miracles in their body. God, would you strengthen them? Would you lift them up? God, we ask that you would even protect us, Lord, any of us that may be carrying the virus, do a healing miracle, Lord God. Lord, and we ask that there would be complete recovery and protection 
protection from, prevention from uh, the virus spreading. This would be a day of turnaround, we ask. And God, I just thank you that we've already seen in Maryland a 20% increase of people recovering. We ask that there would be more recovering, Lord God. Lord, and we ask for all those that are suffering the economic effects of this. Would you be their provider? Would you do miracles? Would you lead people into better jobs than before? Into better opportunities before? God, we're asking that you would bring about change. God, we thank you. As we see in Psalm 34, that you are with us. You are close to the brokenhearted. You rescue those whose spirits are crushed. We thank you that you listen and that you respond. That just like the psalmist said, he prayed to you and you answered. You freed him from all fears. Lord, we thank you, God, that we can come to you honestly, just like Jesus modeled in John 11, 33-35, that it's not for us to pretend like suffering isn't happening, but it is for us to lament the pain of what's going on, to be honest about what we want to see change and to bring it to you, God. We thank you, God, that you are worthy of praise and that we can draw strength from our relationship with you today. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, please do feel free to uh, share this service with somebody else. It can be watched at, at, at any time uh, during the week. The video stays up. If you are in need of any kind of support or help, you know, please reach out to us. Let us know. I sent an email out uh, about the grocery outreach that is going to resume. Uh, and and uh, there's very important in, information in your email about that. Hey, Pastor Rebecca and I, Charlotte Gideon and I, we love you guys. We are looking forward to seeing you again in person. We've been really enjoying the different ways that we've been able to get connected. And actually, we are preparing um, uh, gifts for you as well. So thank you so much for participating today. Grace and peace to you. Have a great day.